Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast has been recorded during Vivite, an event organized by the Alleanza delle Cooperative Italiane, the Alliance of Italian Corps. Hello, my name is Monty Ward and this is the Italian Wine Podcast. Today's guest is Nicola Catano, who's the commercial manager at Bosco Malera. And Bosco Malera is the bottler and distributor for the wines of Vivo, which is a cooperative winery in Veneto. So in terms of the vineyard, or the vineyards, how big is Vivo? Well, Vivo is uh, quite big because our members, they are 2,000 people, more than 2,000 people, they own so more than... 4,000 hectares. Okay. So they, that makes us a really important, um, let's say, company in, in the wine business, uh, in particular speaking about uh, the whites uh, for the Italian wine coming from northeast of Italy. So Historically, that's particularly interesting. Why? Because this has been uh, the vineyard of La Serenissima, which was the Republic of Venice. So, which is very powerful at yeah, one time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but which which provinces are we talking about? These two four thousand hectares of vineyards with two thousand growers. Yes. Where are which 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 two provinces are we talking about? Speaking about uh, Venezia and Treviso. That's okay. the two most important provinces where we are located, and where we have our eight wineries, and uh, which are pretty much close to the wine growers. Huh? Okay, so of the 4,000 hectares, your two main grape varieties, I think, are Prosecco, uh, sorry, Galera, I should call it now, yeah. which makes the sparkling wine called yeah. Prosecco. I got a black mark there from, yeah, yeah. from my handlers at Vinitaly International. And Merlot, is that correct? Merlot. Pinot Grigio. Oh, Merlot. Pinot Grigio. <laughs> All right, so what are you, my brain, what are, you, what are your two, so of the 4,000 hectares, what are your two main grape varieties? Uh, it's uh, Prosecco and Pinot Grigio. So, Glera and Pinot Grigio, you are right. <laughs> so, Glera is the grape that makes, is the white wine grape that makes Prosecco fizz. Yes. And the, and the other grape was? Pinot Grigio. Uh, Pinot Grigio. So two white wine grapes, yeah, one's yeah, fizzy yeah, and one's still. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we got that was that was we made a tremendous mess of that. That was a very simple question <laughs> with a very simple answer, and we have spent four hours uh, going through it. Four thousand hectares. Main grape is Glera for Prosecco, and Pinot Grigio for white wine. Yes. Okay, we got that. Very good. Let's let's start actually by talking about Vivo. What is Vivo and what is its history? So. That means, uh, it's a, an acronym, means Viticultori uh, Veneto Orientalio, so wine growers from the eastern part of Veneto. So we are focused on two main, uh, two main provinces, Treviso and Venezia. So because of that, uh, we are in a, the most vocated areas for Pinot Grigio and Prosecco, and we'll talk about that uh, later on. I mean, you've got a hard job, right? I mean, you know, if you could choose any wine in Italy to sell, or two wines, you know, you have a long list of, I don't know, 7,000 million different DOCs and IGTs in Italy, so which two are you going to choose? You know, Prosecco and Pinot Grigio have got to be at the top of the list, right? Yes, I would say that it's uh, something that is, uh, they are door opener for us uh, all over the world, but Vivo is uh, composed by nine different wineries uh, for divinification now there are eight because we uh, we have mainly eight uh, vinification wineries distributed uh, in these two provinces as i said before treviso and venezia some of those uh, has been founded in 19 one has been founded in 1932 so we have quite old roots 
but we are at the same time modern. So it's uh, a company which has been created in 2012 as it is today. Why? Because it's a merger. It's a merger of different communities. I love this word community because you, you need to understand that at the end, behind that, or this group, there are 2,000 growers. Huh? 2,000 growers means uh, quite big communities who decided to join together. And uh, I'd say the most important word for us is responsibility. Responsibility for the environment, responsibility for our people, responsibility for our families, and uh, responsibility for the land which has been given us for our generation, and but also for the future generations. And uh, responsibility also if we have to sell the wine all over the world. So we we are distributed all over the world and that's uh, pretty much important uh, our relationship uh, with uh, the consumers uh, so what are, you, what are your most important markets export markets i would say uk united states uh, germany russia and asia is growing quite quite a lot china mainly and uh, we think that our present is mainly in uh, Europe. Do you still think Europe is a very valid market for your yes. products? Everyone obviously yes. talks, you mentioned China yes, and yes, uh, Asia. So you're not forgetting about Europe? No, no, UK is very important for us. Really? Yes. Also because uh, if we, and, and now I need to talk about some varieties. Huh? 15 years ago, we were producing 85% of reds in our land. So what, now, were, what were the great varieties of that? What were the popular red wines at that time for at the, the, the UK time market? For us, it was Merlot, Cabernet, or uh, Refosco, or Raboso, indigenous varieties. Huh? For, I'd say, mainly for the consumption in Italy. Huh? Okay. Then, now, we are speaking about 75% whites. Pinot Grigio, and uh, I brought here two bottles, so who are my best friends, I would say. So Prosecco and Pinot Grigio, they are pretty much important. And uh, Prosecco is a success which uh, I think uh, unique all over the world. What is uh, incredible with these two wines is the simplicity and uh, the fact that uh, you don't need too many words to explain. Huh? But uh, They're also easy to pronounce as well. Yeah, Anybody yeah, can yeah. say Prosecco. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if you say, could I have a bottle of, uh, uh, I don't know, Lison Pramaggiore or something, yeah, it gets yeah. quite complicated. And also, I mean, Prosecco, interesting for socializing uh, with the friends uh, as aperitif. So this is part of our life, is a part of our communities. Eh? Is there a big change in terms of, if you do, I'm sure you've done a lot of market research on, say, a Prosecco drinker in the what makes it what is the difference between a Prosecco drinker in say the UK compared to one in Germany compared to one in say uh, Southeast Asia well if we are speaking about Asia Asia are pretty much focused on uh, reds so it's the completely different product uh, then uh, UK I'd say Prosecco and Pinot Grigio are pretty much interesting for that market Germany instead uh, well there are something in common with the uh, UK for instance uh, Prosecco and still Pinot is pretty much but we are kind of half German, you know, the Saxon yeah, part yeah, of the yeah. Anglo Saxon equation. So something in common, yeah. yeah. Some DNA in common, yes. We've got a few Viking leftovers as well, and, yeah, and, yeah, and Celts, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, and uh, but now 
this year it's particularly important for us because 2017 we have had the first harvest for the Pinot Grigio DOC della Venezia. Okay, so what's that? You have to think that worldwide 39% or between 39 according to the different statistics, between 39% and uh, nearly 50% of the Pinot Grigio produced worldwide is Italian Pinot Grigio. Out of that, 85% is della Venezia. Now we will have uh, a new uh, appellation for della Venezia. It won't be anymore IGT, Indicazione Geografica Tipica, but will become DOC. And this is particularly important because uh, what uh, as the idea is uh, to focus on the origin of this product and to have full control of the production. In, and that's particularly important. When I was uh, speaking before about the responsibility, this is, uh, we have done this because we think that it's important for the consumer to have something really original and uh, to have a full control of uh, all, uh, let's say, the production line, uh, everything. To have so grape growing, harvesting, fermenting, yeah, bottling, everything, marketing. Everything in uh, do you think it would help? To, do you think it would help to put on the label? I mean, we in the wine trade, we all know that Venezia refers to Venice. Yes. Do you think it'd be nicer to call it, you know, white wine from Venice? Is that would that make your job as a salesperson, a commercial director, even more easy or easier? Well, I don't think easy? it's uh, Della Venezia is already well known. Okay. I think it's, uh, if I go, for instance, uh, to Canada, I know that uh, the consumer in Canada uh, knows t Tuscany and Veneto or Venezia. So that's, uh, I don't think it's, uh, we have also, for instance, a sub-area, uh, Venezia DOC, where we are, I think, amongst the first producer, for sure. But uh, that is something, um, can I say, more premium product so it's uh, more a jewel I'd say some something to display to show that we, we can have even more from the community. I mean, are you, are you optimistic about the future of cooperatives in general and particularly the cooperatives in Italy because not all of them are as successful as your cooperative has been? I would say I'm, I'm pretty much uh, optimistic if the cooperative is focused on the values uh, which are behind the cooperative effect of as in our case uh, the responsibility is, has been a key word and uh, um, not only for uh, working together, not only for our families, but as I said before, also when we confront ourselves with uh, the products, I mean uh, with uh, the Pinot Grigio in this case. I think that uh, next year's, today's Prosecco is already a great success, but we will have a revamping of the success of Pinot Grigio because uh, the, the quality would increase in the next, uh, in the, in the next years because of uh, the fact of having a better control of what's happening in the production, in the field. Uh, so what, what the, changes are you uh, making what cha to get that extra little bit of quality into the, <coughs> into the wines, yeah, into the Pinot Grigio? Yeah, we reduce, the yield per, per hectare. So you're lowering the yield. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, we have the chance also, two things uh, mainly uh, I would focus now, is uh, the fact of having reduced the yield per hectares and the fact of having put a banderol on, on the bottle where it's possible to have the full traceability of that product from the field to the vinification to the bottling everything the distribution everything in, in one bottle so if i'm a grape grower and i'm growing pinot grigio for you yeah. and say i've got five hectares of vineyard and in the, in the old days i used to say produce 15 tons per hectare mm -hmm. and then you come along and say listen I, Monty, you can only grow 12 tonnes per hectare, please. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I can grow 15. How, how do you convince me 
to lower my yields. What is what is your argument? Yeah, the, the idea is to increase the value of uh, of the glass that uh, will be sold to, to a consumer. Okay, I'm a farmer. So how does how does that help me <laughs> and my local and my local bank we, manager? If we look at what's happening in the prosecco, you don't need to talk. It's already explained. Prosecco is a success worldwide, uh, with uh, also the fact of controlling what's happening as as uh, for sure increase the value of that product. This is uh, already a very good example, which can be translated also to uh, Pinot Grigio in, in the next days, in the next months. Do you think there's another boom? Is there another wine in Italy that you think could could also enjoy the kind of boom that Pinot Grigio and Prosecco have done? Bearing on both of those are effectively white wines. Is there a red that's lurking there that could come a, a huge success? Quite difficult question, uh, frankly speaking. Yeah, I'm not asking any more easy questions. You've had, you've had it easy until now. It's all uphill from yeah, now on, I'm afraid, in this interview. Yeah, it's, uh, in my opinion, one varietal in our region which could be quite interesting for the future is Refosco. Refosco, because it's uh, red, so we're not speaking anymore about uh, white wines, but it's very modern, as uh, because... Uh, as I said before, what we have old roots, but we are looking at the market, at the, our days, what's happening. So, and uh, if I look at that, uh, Refosco can also be aged, uh, can be very fresh at the same time. So, Refosco could be something for the future. Okay. In my opinion. Would you change the name of Refosco? Do you think that's an easy name for people to pronounce, or would you have to maybe uh, tweak the uh, name? That's something that. Uh, at for the time being, I see that uh, pretty much difficult, but it's, um, I don't know, maybe you know better than I, could be a problem for... No, for no, what? I'm the world's worst, <laughs> I know nothing about wine marketing, uh, well documented. Uh, but I mean, if you think about... Refosco, we cannot change yeah. uh, the Pro name of... Prosecco, Refosco. Yeah. Yes, I don't think it's... Uh, it's Am I hard? Is that good? You know, like, Prosecco, Refosco? Yeah, yeah. You give me a job as a marketing guy? <laughs> I don't mind like, <laughs> cleaning the office floor, you know, the three days a week, as long as I can get to do a bit of marketing with you. Um, no, I think that's a good idea. I mean, what about the volumes there of Refosco? Have you got enough Refosco to satisfy yes, yes. if there was there huge is, demand? Um, the Levenezia area, there is uh, quite a lot. And what is it like as a grape? Is it, is it a high yielder, gives good yields and good quality? Yes, pretty much uh, less than Prosecco uh, Pinot Grigio, but it's, um, as I said, said before, for the consumer, you can also have quite a mature, if you are able to, in a certain area, very good structure, if you're able to age that uh, properly, it's uh, a marvelous wine. At the same time, it uh, can be very easy drinking, so... I mean, uh, during the summer, also something quite interesting to drink. And uh, but your growers that grow Refosco, do, when when they they must drink Refosco themselves, do they just drink it as an every, do they see it as an everyday grape, or do they see it as potentially both an everyday uh, grape and also something that you could maybe age in wood and age for four, five, six years? So normally they don't age that. So. If we look at, um, I mean, important wines, uh, you know, it's uh, just a niche in the market. Mm -hmm. So normally they don't drink aged, but um, what has been produced in the last harvest. So, and it's very good with with meat, uh, with cheese, uh, with uh, a good um, pasta with bolognese sauce. Uh, You're smiling. That's yeah. clearly a favorite dish in your, in your household. Yeah. Have I got that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah there we go. That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Nicola Catano, 
Yes. Thanks very much for coming in today and explaining a little bit about what you're doing with Vivo. We wish you every success, not that you need it, I don't think, with your Pinot Grigio and Prosecco. You're doing very well and I'm sure things will improve. And I look forward to seeing Refosco or members of the Refosco great family becoming the world's number one red wine. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back in a couple of years, like when you conquered the German market and a couple in Southeast Asia and maybe like at least three American states, okay? Yeah, I need to convince uh, some buyers. Uh, you'll think. do it. You're quite a convincing yeah, kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, you're a good salesman. <laughs> really nice to meet Thank you. you. Thanks for coming. Thank it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Vinitali 2018, taking place in Verona from April 15th to 18th. Vinitali is the wine exhibition that helps you discover and get to know Italian wine and features over 4,200 wineries. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.